Welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle hosts a very special testimony service. Today, the man of God teaches us the kingdom culture of testimonies. He begins by teaching us that the highest form of testimony is our confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ over our lives. He goes on to teach that testimonies are an acknowledgement of God's faithfulness and further His works. He concludes by showing us that testimonies are a force by which we overcome the evil one. Grab your Bibles, your pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. The kingdom culture of testimony. The kingdom culture of testimony. I want you to get it and I want you to get it right. The kingdom culture of testimony. Praise the Lord. So we are dealing with the kingdom culture of testimony. We are part of the kingdom and we've got a culture and we testify in our culture. Praise God. So the word testimony is both a noun and a verb. I'm pretty sure that we all know what a noun and a verb is. A noun is a naming word. A verb is a doing word. <laughs> Praise God. I'm sure we've got some people from the, especially those who are doing education, who have got a different idea. But leave us alone. A noun is a naming word, and a verb is a doing word. Praise God. So, I want us to understand testimony first as a noun before we go to the active side of it, the doing side of it. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to understand that a testimony in the natural is a formal statement that is usually given under oath. Let me just tell you how powerful this is. If somebody walked out on the streets and wanted to accuse a man named Boto, I try not to use real names due to, you never know, your words of authority. So if somebody went out to the streets and says, Boto has a problem. Boto did A, B, C, and D. Those words remain mere words. They can influence public opinion. But that's the biggest thing they can do. 
However, if that same person went to the courts of law and gave a testimony against Boto, those words are so powerful that if that testimony convinces the judges, Mr. Boto can have his freedom of movement taken away from him. Because somebody gave a legal statement under oath. So it's beyond just shouting words. In the natural, testimony is so big that it's, it's a formal statement. It's an official statement. It's kept on record. You can go back and look at it 10 years later. You can go back and look at it 50 years later. It can even influence decisions of a similar kind of case. It goes on record. It becomes part of national history. Every testimony that has been given today has gone on record. You understand as we go on. Now, this word testimony is so big even to God that in the scriptures, remember we we're talking about the Ark of the Covenant. Are you aware that the Ark of the Covenant was also called the Ark of the Testimony? Let me explain. Exodus chapter number 26, verse 33. This is just one of the verses that describes the Ark of the Covenant as the Ark of the Testimony. And you shall hang the veil from the clasps. Then you shall bring the ark of the testimony in there, behind the veil. The veil shall be a divider for you between the holy place and the most holy. If you keep on reading, it even calls the laws of Moses, the tablets. It says the tablets of the testimony. Observe the word testament, the word testimony. Can you see the similarity? So when God was saying this is the ark of the testimony, what he's trying to say is this ark shows the promises I have formally given you and the conditions I have formally given you for you to access these promises. In short, whenever you encounter the ark, you remember that I said if you do this, I will do this. If you do this, I will do this. Testimony was literally a display of a covenant. God used the word testimony in that way. And not only in the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, ladies and gentlemen, the gospel of Jesus Christ is actually called the testimony of Jesus. Let me explain. Are you aware that the day you give your life to Christ, you have to give a formal statement in the spiritual realm. You need to give a formal statement by oath in the spiritual realm. And you know what that statement is? That statement is confessing the Lord Jesus. In short, you're standing and saying, I, Frederick Kaluluma, confess today that I'm under the Lordship of Jesus. I believe he came in the flesh, he died, and he rose again. So in the spiritual realm, how that counts is everything Jesus said, it is finished. Then for me, I'm under that. Everything he destroyed, I'm under. It, it, it was destroyed for me because I'm under the lordship of Jesus. And those who keep the faith, those who do not renounce the faith, 
the Bible refers to them as having kept the testimony of Jesus. Let me show you. <laughs> Revelations chapter 19 and verse 10. The Bible says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. This is an angel speaking. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. With that rich background, with that rich background, allow me to say that the first form of testimony is when you confess publicly the Lord Jesus. And this testimony you must keep consistently. By that I mean, you shouldn't be ashamed to publicly confess that you are a Christian, that you are a believer. The Bible says, let your light shine before men. Don't be ashamed of being associated with the Jewish man who, born as a Jew, lived a holy, sinless life. Sentenced unfairly to crucifixion, but he still did it for us. And at the cross, was slain as the Lamb of God. He died, was buried, and he rose again. And then he ascended, and he's going to descend. He's going to return. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What am I saying? Never be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus. I, I, I'd like to ask you a question. Do, do, do your friends know you're a believer? Do they know you're a Christian? Answer it in your heart, please. Do they know you're a believer? If I spent one week, I'm, I'm, here I am, I'm a neutral party, and I just spent one week, and all I did was observe your social media, would I know, would I know you're saved? Well, that one has been preserved strictly for jokes. I mean, uh, a few weeks ago, very unfortunately, a famous movie star died, and um, we discovered he had other wives who he didn't know of as well in Zambia. <laughs> My goodness. I'm telling you, I saw people who... I saw people who have never posted anything to do with church. The whole day. Some even sent a message. I said, hi. <laughs> would be, we didn't know that your WhatsApp is this active. We would be amazed if you could also post one flyer for us. Just, no, honestly. I'm just saying, like, people were showing that they are not ashamed associate themselves with him because in doing what he did in the movie industry, he impacted their lives. Now, it shouldn't even be a conversation when we come to the Lord. I don't know if you get my point. As in, it should be easier for someone to tell you a believer than which team you support. It should be easier. Praise God. It's about the kingdom. Forget all these things. 
Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I, I don't know, am I a stand-up comedian today? Everyone seems to be laughing. I'm just saying, forget all these childish things. Focus on the testimony of the Lord Jesus. So that's the first thing. We associate with what Jesus did by being willing to publicly confess. So if, let's say, you're in a work meeting, you're in a school meeting, and let's say the adventure, it happens to be that meeting where somebody says, uh, could we have somebody just lead us in prayer? My f you don't even have to think about it. Your hand should already be up. No, I, I, I can do so. Your hand should already be up. Do not be ashamed. And do you know what the Bible tells us? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. In short, in short, Jesus also must testify that you're his. He will have to give a public testimony that this one is mine. Don't you see those who said, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this in your name? And then he will say, I didn't know you. In short, Jesus will say, I, I don't have a testimony about you. Do not be ashamed of this gospel. Do not be ashamed to associate with the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on in one second. Born, born, born again. Born again. And born, born, born again. I'm born of the water, Spirit. Thank God. I usually say Spirit and the Word. Born of the water, Spirit and the Word. Thank God I'm born again. So that's what we've been born of. Praise God. So don't be ashamed of that. So, this issue of no, don't exaggerate your Christian. Exaggerate. <laughs> My friend, I'll show you a scripture soon. Now, testifying, that's the highest level. Okay? Because they, they can never be a greater testimony than that. But then, we also testify of his works. We testify of his goodness. We testify of his promises. When, when we're testifying, we're saying, God is faithful. He promised this, and this is what I've gotten. And I'm going to show you a few things that testimonies do. Praise God. And you must understand that testifying is primarily through words, but it's beyond words. It's primarily through words, but there are different ways of testifying. Sometimes we testify with an offering. Sometimes we testify with just giving him a praise. Sometimes we testify. It, 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 you'll see when we go to the scriptures. But it's something that's beyond words. But the biggest is through words. And you must understand that scripturally and in the spiritual realm, words are not nothing. Words are things. Words have the ability to form a personality, for lack of a better term. I mean, if life and death are in the power of the tongue, then words can literally form a personality. And that personality can stand. You can imagine, there are some people whose lives have been cut short because someone kept on speaking, this one by 30, this one by 30. So those words form a personality and stand at the barrier called 30. But my friend, we've got a big... We, 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 we know of the blood. And, you know, and that's how people get bewitched. They will go sacrifice a chicken or something like that. But then the Bible tells us that we've come to the blood. That speaks better things. That's why the blood of Jesus talks. The blood of Jesus is not silent. 
the blood speaks. The blood speaks. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I'm going to show you a few reasons why we must testify. A few reasons why we must testify. At a very uh, strange week, probably a few people know, especially those who are in top leadership, where some intruders had found a way in. And I was extremely tired that night. And so um, they were about to enter my room. Actually entered. I think we're just on the door, and for, have you ever been asleep but your spirit is awake? It was one of those, like where your spirit is awake the whole time. You don't even know you're sleeping, and then suddenly I just shouted. You know, when you're sleeping, usually you say hi. No, I just hello. I don't know what that hello did. Next thing we know, people are scampering. And, you know, uh, I go to the door and I find this brick. So, you know, somebody has come in prepared that if this gentleman shows some movement, I've got a brick with me. I thought to myself, did that person know that there were 300,000 nations in that... <laughs> Did they know what they were dealing with? Did they know? Uh, by the way, that shows you why you should always pray. Pastor, because imagine the destinies that could have been touched had that person had their way. Imagine the destinies that could have been touched. So now, I don't, a testimony hits different. So if I lift my hands and sing, Jesus, Kusila. Kapena kugona chulo Tandizo, tandizo langa I don't know. <laughs> we caught the, 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 the law enforcement whose phones were not going through. There comes, <laughs> I'm telling you, there, there are times you just need the Lord to stand for you. And I research a lot, I read a lot. The number of ways that situation could have gone wrong uh, more than the number of ways the situation could have gone right. And you see as we go on that when you testify, you know what it does? It builds this. That testimony in itself becomes a witness in your life that come what may, it never happened to you. Praise God. Testimonies, we testify, number one, because Jesus is the one who told us to testify. Mark 1, verse 42. I'll give you about six, seven points. Do you now understand why this, this sermon for me hits home? It means a lot more to me than a new thing. Verse 42. As soon as he had spoken, immediately leprosy left him and he was cleansed. 
43. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. 44. And say to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way. Where? Show yourself to the priests and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses had commanded as a testimony to them. The first place he was to go to was the house of God. You know, it's interesting that there, I, I, I've been surprised sometimes. Somebody is very free to go speak at a motivational seminar and uh, tell their story, which we didn't know. That's when we actually hear that things have actually worked in their lives at, at, at a motivational seminar. Go to the priests first. Go to the house of God. And notice, remember when I said a testimony can be beyond words? They were told to offer their cleansing. They were told to give their offerings, which Moses had commanded, as a testimony to them. Should the man that day came, probably he came with an offering, which you can see from the law. And he says, I've got a testimony. What's the testimony? I had leprosy. But now I'm cleansed. Jesus encouraged that. He was told to go to the priest first. Praise the Lord. And someone would say, but he was not told to tell anyone. Go read in the law what would happen once it comes to the priests. Because they were now the ones who declare him clean. The house of God must know what's going on. Praise the Lord. You know, um, there are all these funny theories sometimes. I've heard these things. I think you must be able to understand the difference between preference and doctrine. Hey, if something is happening in your life, keep quiet. Shanuko, if, <laughs> if you have this, keep quiet. Not everyone loves your soul. <laughs> what will they do? Even if you keep quiet, they won't love you if they don't love you if you talk. Praise God. I'm telling you, there are moments when it's results that preach more. There are moments when it's results that preach more. I remember receiving a call from one of our members now, some year or the other year ago, and said, hi, um, okay, I've got questions about this Christianity thing, but I didn't want to be lied to. So I decided, let me look for a man of God who's educated. So how did they know I was educated? They probably saw something. They probably saw something somewhere, right? And so they gave me a call, and I explained the gospel to them. After I explained the gospel to them, as it stands, whether a man of God is educated or not educated, they honor them. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's continue. Number one, Jesus is the one who told us to testify. Number two, testimonies preserve generations after us. Testimonies preserve generations after us. Why? I would advise for those of us here who are parents, for those who are older sisters, those who are older brothers, and even as we are planning for the next phases of our lives, have time to tell your younger ones testimonies. Have time to tell your younger ones testimonies. 
I remember when I was in my eighth grade, eighth, ninth grade, uh, Joshua 4 verse 5. I remember that period. We, whenever, uh, my dad would take me to school in the morning. And any time he saw anyone who had anything like a uniform that looked like material boys, just know the car would stop. Even if we're going to have to squeeze, that was going to happen. Worst of the time, we're using a van. The funny part was when we'd pick up a prefect, and then we're late together, and then we reach the door, and he gets my belt. <laughs> and I wanted to tell my dad, never pick that guy up again. And then one day he told me, do you know why I do this? I said, why? And he says, I used to walk to school very long distances. I'm bothered when I see anybody doing that. I said, oh, okay. Makes a little more sense. Let those after us understand why we're this radical. They should understand that these things were not always there. They should understand that, who knows, maybe some of them afterwards will be at a time when there will be a million jobs in Zambia. They should understand that there was a period of time where you needed a connection either with the divine <laughs> or with someone naturally, just for you to get anything. Let them understand why we serve this God we serve. That's why many nations in Europe and in the West are going atheists. It's because many testimonies were not preserved and they are not told over and over again. Had the people in Britain known about Smith Wigglesworth, I doubt many of the young generation know about him. So they'll be like, hey, this God thing, this is 2020. Do they know that for them to win the wars they used to win, their national anthem, their very national anthem, starts with the words, God save our glorious queen. Send her victorious, happy and glorious. Make her enemies shatter, all those things. Do they know that those words of declaration had a force behind them? Let People know that it was God. It preserves generations. Joshua 4 verse 5. Here's what it says. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of tribes of the children of Israel. Uh -huh. And th that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? I mean, some of these photos you have in your phone, go frame them. Some of these will be stones of remembrance. Don't just have the glorious photos in your household. Have something as a remembrance. Let them ask, what does this photo mean to you? What does this letter of employment mean to you? I mean, you've got, you've got six, seven other, you've had six, seven other jobs now. You've had six, seven other business contracts now. But why do you still preserve this letter? And then when your children ask, what do these stones mean to you? Let's go on. That this, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan, you shall answer them that the waters of the pandemic <laughs> before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. Come on, have a mask and put it in preserve. I don't know if you're getting my point. And tell them, I survived the global pandemic. Yo. I survived the global one. I don't know if you're getting my point. That it should be known. Give me back the scripture. That the waters. Verse 
the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. Now, it doesn't surprise you that in Judges chapter 6, verse 12, starting from verse 13, verse 12, when an angel met Gideon, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. Look at his response. And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord was with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about? So there was already a platform for miracles within him. That's why it was not difficult for God to use him for miracles. Where are all the wonders our fathers told us about? It should bother you. That when you read in some of the scriptures in Judges, it says a new generation who did not know. Unmentored generation. Not heard any of the testimonies, not preserved any of them. You may not be able to publish a book to thousands, but surely you can even publish one copy for all your children <laughs> in all generations to ever read. One copy fear. Praise the Lord. Let it be read at family gatherings. So testimonies do that. They bring preservation. Are you ready for number three? How many have been blessed? <laughs> testimonies add to the eternal legacy of God in his dealings with man. They add to the eternal legacy of God in his dealings with man. Praise God. John 1 verse 24. No, John 21 verse 24. Then we'll read Hebrews 11 verse 32. John 21 verse 24. This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. So when he wrote the book of John, the book of John for him was a testimony. Praise God. You know, there are some people who really look up to you. And when they hear this message from you, they will accept it as true. Praise God. And Hebrews 11 verse 32, like I said, it adds to the eternal legacy. In Hebrews 11, we get what is called the whole of faith. And look at verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also of David and Samuel and the prophets. Next verse. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. <laughs> Let's go on. Are you seeing the diversity of testimonies? Quench the violence of fire. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong. Became valiant in battle. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. And several ones. We should be at a place where we say, what more can I say? Because today, it's just that in this service, we didn't have much time. Otherwise, time. Take me back to the verse. Verse 32. You know, I'm just thinking about it. Well, we have a service where we say, let's just, let's just go around. Let's just testify. 
And what, and, and what more shall I say? For time would fail me. Now, to tell of Bonwell, to tell of Laura, to tell of Aaron. I don't know if you're getting my point. That's the place we must come to. To tell of Christina. And we say, who worked this? Who did this? Who did this? Diverse kinds of testimonies. So testimonies add to the eternal legacy of God's dealings with man. There are some people who may not be interested in what happened with Abraham, but they're interested in what happens with Christine. They may not be interested in what happened with, um, with Lord. They'll say, I don't know him. What if somebody just made it up? But they're interested to hear what will happen with Michael. So they add to the eternal legacy of God's dealings with man. Praise God. Can we have one more? Another thing I want us to understand about testimonies. Are we being blessed? Are we being blessed? Testimonies attribute a happening to the Lord Jesus. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 20. I want us to see something. The Bible says, Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, Michael, whom he shouldn't have married, read the scriptures properly. You'll notice that Michael was not the wife who was supposed to be given to the one who killed Goliath. It was the firstborn who was supposed to be given. And you'll notice that when King Saul noticed that David liked Michael, he was happy. He knew what kind of woman he was sending to him. No, read it properly. Go read it in your own time. So, <laughs> and Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious. She was very sarcastic. You know those photos people were doing for the first person to be, uh, now meet Michael. <laughs> How glorious was the king of Israel today? Covering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. In short, you're saying, why were you doing all that? How can you go and dance before everyone? How can you go and testify before everyone? And look at what, what the response was. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. Praise the Lord. And all his house to appoint me ruler over all the people of Israel. Therefore, I'll play music before the Lord. Uh, next verse. And I will be even more undignified than this. You know, like, in case you think this or something, <laughs> somebody shout glory. Well, did we just say shout glory and some of us were silent? The Bible says in his temple, everyone shouts glory. I said, somebody shouts glory! Wait, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Sense of the living God. The Bible says, it should be Psalm 29 verse 9, right? The Bible says that in his temple, not a selected few, 
not one or two. No, no, don't act mispositioned in his temple. I said, somebody shout glory! Ladies and gentlemen, you'd find it interesting to know that the same David who testified of Jesus, when you go on in, and read in the book of Acts, the Bible says God testifies of him and says, I found man. God, God stands by him, hey, I've got a testimony. What is about? There's this guy called David. <laughs> There's this guy called David. Praise the Lord. And by the way, in case you didn't know, Another thing that testifies, apart from our words, is also our giving. I, can I show you? Our giving and our good actions, they are also a testimony before the Lord. Remember the stones were a memorial. Have you ever read Acts chapter 10, where the angel came to Cornelius and said, your gifts, your, your arms and your prayers have come as a memorial before the Lord, even your prayers. Praise the Lord. And you also see later when the Bible talks about Abel who gave a more excellent offering, it says that that offering still speaks even today. So his offering had a voice. Praise God. Let's continue. So I, I, the last point I gave you was the testimonies attribute glory to the Lord Jesus. Can I give you one final one? Testimonies validate a ministry and they also validate God's servants. Let me explain. That's what testimonies do. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 12. Paul is talking to the church. Because this church had become stubborn. And in becoming stubborn, what said happens is that they were listening to what other people were telling them instead of following what Paul was telling them. Because those guys would come up and they were more elaborate than Paul. So Paul tells them saying, Truly, the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. In short, he was saying, I don't need to validate myself. The signs of an apostle have been worked among you. I, I don't know if somebody is getting my point. And in verse 13, look at what he tells him. For what is it in which you were inferior to other churches? And he explains, except that he was not burdensome to them. They were giving gifts to other uh, ministries, ministers. And Paul was saying, you guys lack nothing. You are not inferior in anything. The only thing that I did was I never asked for anything from you. So testimonies add validation to a ministry and also to a servant of God. For a servant of God, if there is something that comforts us, it's testimonies. Even the prayers increase. And all those things increase because you know something is working. That's what testimonies do. So it says the signs of an apostle were worked among you. In Jesus' name, you are not inferior to any other ministry. Everything that you need, you find. And I give you one last one. 
Testimonies are a force that triumph over the powers of the evil one. Testimonies are a force that triumph over the powers of the evil one. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. The Bible says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, once two people here testified about one thing, that matter became established. And so if there was anything fighting you from that one thing, you can agree with that testimony. And that testimony in itself is a force to overcome that thing fighting you. And that's why when we keep having testimonies, we produce a culture of miracles. And that's why we must never stop celebrating when the Lord does something. Never stop. It's a bad habit when you... What do you mean? No, 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 no. no. Somebody is giving glory to God. Don't become, that's, isn't that what Michael did to David? Didn't she abanabo David? She abanabo David. Don't do that. Praise God. Somebody is giving glory to God. Listen, I'm telling you this. You can go in spiritual warfare. Armed with testimony. Armed with testimony. And you know, because we're a community, even if it's not, a te- it's not your testimony, the moment you heard it, the moment you heard it, life was communicated to you. Why do you think Elisha, when he came before the river Jordan, said, where now is the God of Elijah? In short, he armed himself with Elijah's testimony. No, read that in your own time. When Elijah and Elisha were walking, Elijah parted the waters. And when Elisha came back, he did the same thing and said, where is the God of Elijah? In short, he was saying, the one who did it for Elijah would do it for me. Are you aware that when you follow another person's faith, listen, Hebrews 13 verse 7. I want you to see this and compare with verse 8. That's why, haven't you noticed that if you've studied a bit of ministry, once one thing starts happening in a ministry, it just starts happening. I remember a time when we would come to church for service when we first started. There were three cars. <laughs> How do you remember? There was my small red one, the one that we used to use to carry the speakers. Do you remember it? And then there would only be one person driving because the speakers would have to lie flat. And probably two, three more people. I remember once having a dream, and there were a lot of them outside. And I think I told it to you. Do you remember? What scripture did I tell you? Did I did I for a scripture? Which one? Uh-huh. <laughs> it wasn't in my notes. So it says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. What's outcome? Come on, if you've done just a little bit of projects, you know that when there's input, there is output, and then we know that that output should have a certain outcome, and eventually the outcome should have a certain impact, right? Now, if you heard a testimony and somebody said, I was serving, and in my serving, I learned ABCD, and this was my attitude as I was serving. 
For example, scholars testimony. Scholar used to come from McKinney to come to my office, and if she's late, you know me. No, honestly, you know me. And whether I'm paying you or not paying you, I'll be tough. <laughs> there was nothing like ABCD. And that was when the office was that side. Now, if you've heard the testimony, and the testimony is saying ABCD, then what, what should you do? You follow, consider the outcome of the act of faith. If somebody comes and they said, I did this, and then this came, and I sold to the Lord, and this was the outcome, consider the outcome of their faith. Now, here is why you should consider the outcome of their faith. Because of verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In short, the way he responded to them, he's ready to respond to you. That's what it says. Consider the outcome of their faith. And so, when we give testimonies, we are, we are also, it's like you go up the steps, even if it was hard for you. You make it easier for the person who's coming by giving them directions, by putting stones for them to also step on. Don't, let's not rob other people of the fruit of our labor. Some people should eat for free what we worked for. Praise God. So when, when we testify, we set a platform for others to rise up as well. Praise the Lord. And that's why we must have a very good attitude when we see others testifying. Praise God. Because when electricity comes and you see it from the neighbors, <laughs> you know that, that, that it's in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's in the neighborhood. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So that's why we testify. It's a real spiritual legal statement. And it becomes a witness. It's a witness that will speak for you. It can even speak against someone. If somebody heard my testimony and didn't want to believe the Lord Jesus, even after hearing a powerful testimony, on judgment day, those words will also testify against them. Somebody sees miracles and doesn't want to believe. The miracles will also say, I've got a, I've got a word. This one saw me. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if Sodom and Gomorrah had seen the works that you guys have seen, they would have repented a long time ago and put on a sackcloth. Praise God. Matthew 10, 27, our final verse for today. Jesus told us something. Ladies and gentlemen, allow me to say this. Anything that you're not loud about, anything that people don't see you serious about, they will hardly take seriously. They will hardly take seriously. And the world is very loud about its things. The world is very loud about its issues. Just look at people who are supporting funny, funny, funny movements, advocating funny doctrines taught by demons. They are very loud about it. And the people of the church want to be those who side with the world. And when the world is saying, the problem with the church, hey, this is why even me. Hey, I can't side with the world. I can't. I'll settle my matters internally. I can't side with the world. No, I can't side with the world. We don't wash dirty linen in public. I can't, I can't, I can't side with the world. And usually the people they attract are people who already never used to go to church. And so they now have a validation out of those people's testimonies. 
you find somebody has been to church, was treated right by everyone except for four people. And that becomes their message on social media for the next one year. The problem with the church, the problem with church people. So you're giving a testimony. And that testimony now validates a lot of people's unbelief over your words. When those people could have been helped, had they stepped a foot? Wonder Jesus said, idle words will be judged. Matthew 10, verse 27. This is Jesus speaking. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. NLT. <laughs> My friend, there are times for keeping quiet, but there are times for talking. And there's never been a greater time to talk than now. Notice, it says, what I tell you now in darkness, shout abroad when daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. That's why this gospel reached us. It's because there are people who said, I'm not going to keep this to myself. Let me start writing. And Luke starts, dear Theophilus, let me tell you of the things that we have seen. John starts writing, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And if they could do that with the limited resources they had then, who am I not to testify? Who am I not to declare the things the Lord has done? Who am I not to speak of the great and mighty things that we've seen of the Lord? Praise God. Praise God. Somebody may be saying, I'm waiting for the testimony to become very, very, very big. My friend, the Bible says in Zechariah 4, should be verse 10, 11, right? Where it says, who has despised the day of small beginnings? And it talks about the plumb line being in Zerubbabel's hands. And the Lord delights to see the work begin. And I remember when we first started having our services and they would be so small. And I would always post, the Lord delights to see the work begin. I would always post that. The NLT. Do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Don't despise it. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand, the seven lamps that represent the eyes of the Lord that search around the world. Verse 11. I don't want to go into detail. Let's just end with that one. The Lord delights to see the work begin. Praise God. How many of us have learned something about this kingdom culture of testimony? <laughs> Praise God. And it's, it's something that I've noticed we need to improve. We need to improve. That's why David was called a man after God's heart. For him, listen, you can be a million of you who've survived, but for David, he would say, had it not been the Lord. I remember being on government sponsorship at university. As far as I was concerned, for me, like whenever it would come in, as far as I was concerned, everyone received just for my sake. Because <laughs> I had conferences to sponsor.
I've got an appeal. I'd like to give an opportunity. And this morning, is there anyone who's saying, Pastor, I don't know, I'm not born again. I don't think I've given my life to the Lord. And I can tell by how I live. And you know what the Holy Spirit does in such moments? When it's you, he witnesses to your heart and says it's you. When it's you, you know it. 100% know it. I want to give you an opportunity. To come to the altar. Come before the courts of heaven. And confess Jesus as your Lord. I would like you to lift your hands. Lift your hands, please. And I want you to say it out loud because you are making a public confession before God. Praise God. I want you to say after me. It could be a restoration, but I still want you to say these words. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You died. You were buried. And you rose again. I confess your lordship over my life. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray over you. I pray for clarity. May God give you clarity. Somebody who's been asking God for clarity. Saying, God, what do I do next? Your life has been feeling like there's no direction. A word. is a word for you revealing your next move. Thou shalt not lack direction in Jesus' name. What will I do now? What next? What really is my purpose? The Lord answers those questions. Answers through the written word. He answers through prophecy. He answers. He answers. You're the voice of the Spirit. There's clarity in your life in Jesus' name. Even as we have our prophetic Sunday next week, there's clarity in your life. There's clarity, there's direction. Now I pray for those who are having hurdles, where you've seen it, it's right there, but there are hurdles in your way. I stand with you in the name of Jesus. Every enemy, every enemy fighting you from in your possessions, I decree and declare its defeat now. The way is clear. The mountains are level ground. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit. Oh, ye mountains, you become level ground now in the name of Jesus Christ of Lazarus.
this is the week where barriers are broken where mountains are leveled the bible says i will go before you i'll give you treasures of hidden places treasures you didn't know were there opportunities you didn't know you had in the name of jesus in the name of jesus now i speak health to your flesh i speak life in your flesh i speak life life that eats up any death that's in your blood any death that's in your mind any death that has come in form of bacteria life eats it up i will Rebuke that foul spirit of death. I rebuke depression. I rebuke that foul spirit in the name of Jesus. And in Jesus' name, you're holding it. In Jesus' name, you're holding it. You're holding it tangibly. It's no longer an abstract thought. You are holding it. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Give Him glory. And now. service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on zero triple seven nine three zero eight eight two if you are unable to call you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.